Welcome back everyone to another episode of Pats Uncovered, the podcast where we get to go and chat to people with untraditional pathways into technology. And today's guest, oh, just we've been meaning to get around to this and I'm really excited because it's just one of those kind of coincidental meetings that kind of tend to happen. So I've got Shin Liang with me today. Um, do you want to come in Shin and do a very quick introduction to yourself? Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm Shin and currently I am a machine learning engineer, have been in the you know, machine learning AI space for a little while now. Um, yeah, I'm passionate about all things AI, all things software engineering and the combination of both. I love it. And for context for everyone listening in, this is the funny, I, I think possibly the funniest like way that a guest has come onto the podcast because me and Shin for the first time met I think over a year ago in a cultural round interview for where she used to work at one stage because I was also going to be working there I thought for a while um and I was like it was great like don't get me wrong the great was absolutely the chat was absolutely great uh like other things happened and just didn't come through at that time but me and Shin then ended up meeting like maybe a month or two ago at these random drinks on a Friday night after work and the whole time I was like I swear I know this person. Like, I don't know why I know this person. Melbourne's quite small, but how do I know her? And it turns out that's how I know her is because she did, she interviewed me essentially. So this is a great little turnaround of like, let me introduce, interview you now. This will be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. I think we chat a lot more um, at the after drink, after work drink um, than the actual culture interview. So that was like, that's also true. That's a very good point. We probably did actually have a better chat then than we actually like in the official chats at that stage. But um, yeah, so like I ended up chatting and when I stalked her later, because I was like, why do I know her? Like, I need to figure out how I know this person. And I was like, oh, actually, regardless of that, she's a great person to have on the podcast. So look, without further ado, let's just dive in and bring me back to kind of high school times. What was happening? What was the original career path that you thought like, yes, this is what I'm going to do? What was happening? Yeah, sure. So um, high school, that's a little while ago. Um, So I wasn't in Australia when I did high school or back home in China. And I like, you know, we audience all know that, you know, in Chinese high school, they're all very competitive, especially like you need to be good at um, maths and STEM and physics and, you know, all engineering courses, um, if you can, because that's like supposed to be the smart kid. Um, so yeah, I wasn't an exception of that. Um, so I was actually a little bit of like a math lab. Mathematics. <laughs> I attend, you know, uh, maths competitions um, and kind of like, you know, I'm competing, uh, you know, uh, chi- in China, a national um, maths competition. And then I did have some um, kind of achievements there, kind of like a third prize of like a national uh, maths competition. And I was in like a physics um, specific class in high school. And it's all quite like, you know, stressful and, you know, just like study, study, study and doing exam, exam, exams. So that's, that's my high school. Um, but at the back of that, I think what I wanted to do is quite different from what I was doing at the time. Um, I always wanted to be a, a journalist and the journalist that's kind of like, like more like a for, um, uh, foreign correspondence. I want to, you know, go out um, in different countries and try to, you know, understand the culture and try to you know report the current affairs in those countries especially in the war zones because i i don't i don't know why i just had this like special kind of like um interest in you know in those like current affairs and i try to you know 
do my part to, you know, have to, you know, um, surface those issues and hopefully, you know, make make the world a better place. <laughs> that sounds cliche, but that's what I always wanted to do. A journalist, especially like a foreign correspondent, um, especially, you know, reporting current affairs. Yeah, so that's um, different from what I was doing, what I am doing now. <laughs> that is amazing. I'm like, sorry, actually, like in context, when I think back to school, do you know what that would... I don't think I actually necessarily knew that that was a option in terms of like a job that someone could do. But if I knew it, I feel like that would 100% be something I would want to do. Just because I'm like, the travel, I get to see other places and see what's happening. Exactly. Like, it sounds amazing. <laughs> I know. And if you could like use that as like privilege to kind of like travel to places that you probably wouldn't be able to as a normal, you know, tourist. And because, I don't know, you have like, you know, special access and you have to, like, you know, be a, a diplomat or something like that. Um, yeah. So yes, and they get to travel lots of places. That's like definitely one of the main things that I wanted to be a general, uh, foreign correspondent. Yeah, 100%. That, oh God, sorry. Now I'm like, maybe I want a career change. <laughs> maybe I want to be a foreign correspondent <laughs> now. Not too late. <laughs> <laughs> right, sounds great. Maybe not in the yeah. war-torn areas now anymore because it it's a little bit scary at the moment, but... Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry, also just to touch on the fact that like you very casually mentioned that you got third place at a national Chinese um, mathematics co- like, <laughs> excuse me, like that was a very casual brush under the carpet kind of a moment. I'm like, that's a, that's fabulous. Um, congratulations. Like, I don't even know where to go with that. <laughs> Thanks. That was like an unintentional humble brag, I suppose. <laughs> oh, <I guess> <laughs> At the, at the time, it's like at the back of my mind, because all my like, high school friends, they're like, they're like, really smart. They, they're all like kind of like at the, you know, the first and second prize. So for me, it's like third prize. I'm just like, you know, this little, like the book is like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was but, just like, you know, mention this, but not, you know, not full with confidence because other people just all like first and second prizes. Oh, I guess like that. here. <laughs> I know, I completely, it's such an interesting thing, isn't it? Where it's like, when you're in the moment, you're like, ah, like it was only third, like it's fine. When you step out, like other people are just like, what the hell? Like, what is this? I, yeah, no, I completely understand that. It's such an interesting like shift of thing of like, wait, no, you're actually so it's smart. Weird. Like, oh my God, that's oh. scary. <laughs> um, well, thanks, thanks. Now like, I have like the confidence boost. I should use that more often actually. <laughs> oh, 100%. Oh my God, no, we're all about kind of those like, humble brags like I like like I like this place to be like this is a nice place where you can't you can be arrogant but in a good way like this is good tell me all about it like I want to hear it I'm here for this <laughs> um so you wanted to be you were you were slightly passionately wanting to be a journalist um so what did end up happening so you're graduating high school like what are we deciding to be do we end up going into journalism yeah, so um, at the time, because I was trying to um, choose oh, what to do for uni, what subjects, and it's like economy, uh, economy, economy, that's quite like a really um, popular one back then, especially back home. And then engineering, you know, doctor, yeah. lawyer, you know, all those, you know, typical <laughs> popular uni- universities kind of like degrees, um, especially for like, uh, uh, people from, you know, Chinese background. Um, and then at the time, and journalists, journalists are definitely not one of them. Yeah. Um, so when, you know, back home, and I kind of like discussed with my parents and, you know, especially my dad, because I think he contributed a lot in, in terms of my academic um, uh, life. And funny enough, he was, because um, he retired now, he was a professor at a university back home in China in electrical engineering. So makes sense for me to do electrical engineering. It's like... <laughs> Okay, <laughs> naturally, um, maybe, you know, and it's a family tradition or whatever. And he always wanted me to go into like engineering and science and math and all that. It's like, 
fine. I guess I'm okay at maths and I can do physics and I'm good at, you know, the, the, um, the STEM subject subject. So I was like, oh, well, fine. Electrical engineering. So that's how I kind of like chose to do, um, electrical engineering, um, for uni and part of it because i guess i have the um uh, kind of like you know the, the background like with like engineering and math and physics and part of it because just my dad was yeah. also a electrical engineering professor so yeah mine as well I was like sure if i got stuck into any assignments at least i could ask for help i was gonna say it's such a handy little like support system to have especially in a degree like that where it's like it's not an easy place to be so this is great like i think yeah. i remember um it was kind of so I remember at one I mean I knocked out electric like engineering in general very early on because dad's an engineer and both of my older cousins they both went and did engineering and I was just like and I think it was such an interesting thing of like I never understood what it actually meant in terms of like real life jobs I was like okay you're yeah. an engineer but like you sit at work and you order parts like I don't understand how that's engineering like this makes no sense to me <laughs> <laughs> I just never could comprehend what that would mean so like very early on for me I think it was the other way around where I was like I refuse I refuse to be an engineer I don't understand what this means I will never do it um so like I like I feel like I, on purpose I just like didn't even do physics in my year 12 I was like I refuse because <laughs> I'm not gonna do this <laughs> but I mean and then at the other end of it I was like mom's a nurse maybe I'll go into and be a doctor <laughs> and to the other end of it didn't get in thank god <laughs> Um, yeah, it's funny enough that you kind of like refuse to do, you know, physics. So I like, kind of like, kind of like, you know, when, you know, if, if your parents kind of like pressure you into doing engineering, it's like, well, I didn't do physics. I couldn't do I can't. it. So, yeah, I couldn't choose it. Yeah, I just can't, you know? <laughs> I remember it was like, like, like pushback. <laughs> exactly. Because I mean, it was funny because like I was good at maths too. Like I liked maths. It made sense to me. And you could always pick like, I think the way the Irish system worked was a little bit different. Like you could pick, um, you, like the top six subjects got the total aggregate for your final grade basically so you could do as many subjects as you want just your best six will be the ones counted and I remember applied maths was a subject that not many people did and I was like oh it's maths like I'll do that that, that makes sense like it, of course it lines up but like applied maths is maths and physics and like the maths of the physics basically but I <laughs> didn't want to do physics I think I was like one of like five people in the country who decided to do applied maths without doing physics because it makes no sense without it. And I was like, yes, this, I, like this was the level of like, I refuse to do physics where I was like, I still do this where I really need it, but I will struggle yeah. my way through it. <laughs> I, re- I really regret not doing physics, I think, in hindsight and like everything else. It would have made things a lot easier. But coming back to electrical engineering, how was the degree? How did you find it? Um yeah um yeah so for that kind of like um it's funny enough that at university that's like when you know lots of people especially you know my high school friends they started to decide uh, they started to kind of like study abroad they decided to oh, i'm just going to go to the states go to australia go to canada or like england um, to study abroad and as like everyone else <laughs> i came to australia for university uh, especially electrical engineering it um actually i wasn't um in melbourne because i'm currently based in melbourne now um but at the time i did electrical engineering in the university of queensland in brisbane um and i spent you know quite some time there and yeah so that was a huge change like huge because i need to you know came to a, a different country live in like a totally different background um you know australian background and you know and chinese culture quite different um and also electrical engineering at UK was like 
damn hard, really hard. Yeah. Um, and the, the biggest change is um, that kind of like, you know, in um, China, when we do high school, it's always study and exams, very like theoretical. But like when you um, came to UQ and did electrical engineering, that was like quite practical, like both the uh, theor- uh, theoretical material as well as like a practical, you know, hands-on project. There's a lot of like hands-on projects for a lot of subjects. And that was like a huge change for me. And I was like, so not used to used to this at all. Um, and I remember one time that I literally, um, cause we have like team projects. So how yeah. it works is that for electrical engineering, um, you have like a, a group project. So how, how it's allocated is kind of like random or like decided by the faculty that like four people just randomly assigned into one group and then you're going to do um, the, a group project together and that was like a whole subject for the semester like you don't do coursework for that subject it's just purely um, hands-on project from you know you design your um, electronic um, board um, to all the way to kind of like, you know, you program it so that it will work in a certain way and also assemble them together to become a physical electronic product. And that was like, you know, that was the whole subject. And I remember like, I was just so, so like scared <laughs> walking into this, like with like three other people that, <laughs> you know, speaking a language that wasn't my first language. And I also have like, found it a little bit challenging to just by communicating with them um, in a social level, let alone in a more like a professional level. And and put that aside, and also I kind of I need to bring my kind of like knowledge, electrical engineering knowledge into practice and try to understand how we could, you know, apply those knowledge from the textbook to actually building a, a PCB board or building a circuit and try to, you know, code it into, um, code onto the board to see how everything works. Um, and my team members, they are like really, really, great they were like so smart and they understand everything and they probably start doing soldering when they were seven well i started doing soldering when i was just like you know a few days before you know before the project started it was very overwhelming and um i remember one time when i was um actually in the middle of like, a team project and i just and i did, I like discussion with the um, team members and we have like oh okay we decided this is how we going to um tackle the project and decide what everyone's going to do. Um, it, you know, each of us would have our responsibility and have our work to contribute, you know, to the project. And after that discussion, I literally just like ran to the Great Court, which is a grassy area in UQ. I sat there and I just like burst into tears. I was like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. And I was like so scared. I was like, oh, what if I couldn't get this work and we'll let the team down? And I, I have no idea what I'm doing. How come everyone else was so smart? I was literally just like sitting there and then crying by myself for a few minutes until someone came to me and asked, are you okay? I was like, yeah, 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 I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm just crying, but I'm okay. Um, but yeah, that was like, that was like a very, you know, still vivid memory in my brain. It's like, as I'm, at some point during that team project, I just cried a lot <laughs> on a great court. Um, but yeah, so that was like, that was like a, a quite a unique experience for me to kind of like, you know, change from, uh, I mean, moved from a different country to Australia and then kind of like did, you know, this kind of group project with people that with different backgrounds compared to myself. And they seem to be, they are actually uh, way smaller than myself. Um, so yeah, that was a great, uh, that was an interesting experience. Um, not sure whether I would go through it again, but I have no regrets going through that. So, 
or like as in I mean so when I, I group projects in the first place just like mind-bending honestly it's just such an irritating thing um especially when it's like this random like nah these are four people to figure it out like like at least like put some thought behind why you're creating teams the way you are because I remember and I'm like this is like straight away for you like for us I remember in fourth year like so four years of the same like 50 odd people in our degree we got put into like group projects and it was so interesting and I think I wonder though in terms of it might have been easier in first year I think because but no one really knew each other but four years in you kind of have your own groups of friends and like everyone knows each other and everyone knows what everyone's like um for then to get like for us to be put into like these randomized group it was weird honestly and I was like and this is I mean everyone in this year like yeah everyone my degree was essentially Irish like we all grew up the same like we all at least we did have all the struggles of like the extra things to add on to it right god I remember that it was like it was just so hard like I can't imagine having to go through that with everything else added on like I did the whole moving to the whole different country at a later stage where I was very separate at least it was like one thing at a time like I yeah Yeah. fair play to yourself for having honestly everyone needs to cry every so often like it is what it is like it's kind of nice like I cried a lot in four years I'm not gonna lie like the degree put you anything like mathematical or like stem included as much as I'm like yes I'm like god don't get me wrong it's great do the degrees also get prepared to cry a lot yeah (laughs) but in the nicest way (laughs) like as in I would recommend it but also just be prepared for the other sides of it like it is hard Sometimes a cry is just what you need at the end of a day. You're like, yeah, so I just needed to get that out. I can go back now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like a stress relief. And it's I kind of like, I don't know, to me, it is an okay way to cope with it. Otherwise, like, I, I would have, like, you know, internalized it and would probably cause, I don't know, make, you know, I might cause some, you know, mental health issue. But at least I kind of like, just like, let it all yeah. out and just like, <laughs> let it go. And, and it's like a once-off thing. And then later on, I feel much better after. I'm just like, exactly. For like a 10 minutes. And I was like, I'm good. And I was just like, finished crying, packed my bag, um, <laughs> went to grab lunch, and then back to the lab. <laughs> that is like, that's what happened. And it's like, you know, get it quick, get it done quickly. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so that was um, that was that was interesting and funny enough that because I was the um, the first team project, it was in like second year or something, and in the fourth year, there's another team project that I had to um, go through. But at, at that point, I guess it's um, I guess it's a different challenge because like because I think um, at UQ it's funny that because apparently a lot of people dropped out of electrical engineering after the first team projects because that's like really as like a field of the field of people that might lose interest or might not really you know think that electrical engineering are for them um, and then so that's like you know the first filter and the second filter was like the team project two that's what we call it team project two and again you kind of like you know um, randomly assign a group of people together um, and. That was based on um, GPA, which is the grade um, uh, at UQ or university. So based on GPA, and my GPA was okay because I think you know I was just like naturally good at um, exam because I was trained to be good at exam back um, from you know from high school. So I was okay at exam. So I got a good grade. Um, but then you know um, when they kind of allocated people based on their grade um, for the second team project. And that got added up extra and kind of like um, 
challenge to it because people here with good grades they're like really good for both like you know exams and theoretical sort of things and also hands-on stuff and you know they probably build things um on their own and their own time and also kind of like you know do the, i don't know their part-time job and they start like building things and they probably start their own little back then we didn't call it startup it was like their own thing to kind of like build stuff um, yeah. so yeah so then they went to like second team was just like oh another one but yeah, that was at least I knew, I knew what to expect at the time, so it's like it was not as bad as the first one, but yeah, still. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so that yeah, sorry. No, no, yeah, so like that. God, I just I'm like trying to like I think the expectation part is such an interesting thing. Um, where everything seems so much easier when you actually understand what the expectations are. And it's just so yeah. hard to figure those out 90% of the time in a scenario where, especially where things are new, you're like, I don't know what the hell my expectations will be of this. Um, how yeah. low do I set it? And if I set it too low, like everything else is going wrong because it was meant to be so much higher. It's such an interesting like mix of um, how do you figure the scenario out and like set yourself up for it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's a lot, and also like the uncertainty that adds to it because like it's a big part because like, in hindsight, probably wasn't that bad, but it's just at a time you don't know what you don't know, you don't know what to expect, you don't know what's happening. Um, it's that uncertainty that's kind of like weighs in a lot in terms of like, you know stress and kind of like you know the me being like scared about you know what happened next. Um, but yeah, that's a good learning experience, and now definitely teach me, um, you know, better to cope with that uncertainty in a later stage. Um, but yeah, so that's like. Uh, kind of like team project definitely is a highlight of my uni life um and then later on i guess i also did some kind of like a it's still a kind of like a project or hands-on project type but less so of a team project like me alone like mini thesis um and kind of i was like interested in doing some of those kind of like semi-research type but also kind of like you know do some research and then build um a little prototype of a little product um i guess at, at, the, at that time i kind of like got the hang of it and i felt like oh this seems to be something that's super useful and it's going to be great maybe <laughs> for like either for like you know job hunting or for later on in my career so at the time i thought maybe i could you know do a little bit more on this hands-on project um as a combination of both like theor theoretical sort of things as well as like um hands-on practice so yeah i also did a little bit of like mini project um, during uni and I found it super useful um, and I would have done more of those because I think um, those things, those subjects teach me a lot more than just, you know, uh, textbook based uh, courses. Yeah. Of course, you're going to set a foundation, you know, the theory sort of things, but at a certain point that you probably need to apply those um, into more like hands on things. So, yeah, um, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed those like mini we call it mini thesis uh, research project, um, but yeah, definitely highly recommend. Even like someone like you know still you know trying to figure things out, and those are definitely you know um, very very valuable. I would say. Oh, for sure. I remember um, in fourth year, like that group project thing. That was um, the statistical consulting module, and I honestly haven't met a single person who has graduated from my degree that would like wouldn't say the fact that that was the best and most valuable module of the four years of a degree because it was yeah. yeah I mean you can learn all your statistical modules and you learn how like maths works and how like analysis and all these like theorems and everything line up together but that module was like here's a real life person who has got a problem and it's like these really niche like specific areas um and you need to be able to go and like you they give you the data and you have to figure out what the hell to do with it and then you have to communicate that back and we're all just like oh my god 
there's a reason to the madness there's a reason to what we've learned over the last four years and it's like those kind of anything related any little bit that relates back to real life in any module you're like oh my god that was the best one <laughs> yeah yeah definitely because like the one that i did was to um to build a system like a pretty prototype system um to figure out how to deal with like multiple rfid tags so essentially just like um so i have this like device um, kind of like a card reader and then it would happen if i have like three or more than three um, RFID tags um, and to kind of like, you know, put uh, the tag, uh, put near the, the, the tag reader and whether I would be able to um, kind of like read all this card, uh, read all the, the, the tags um, separately and figure out which one is which. Um, and in a real world kind of like scenario is like, for example, like I, in, in um, in Melbourne, there's like, you know, um, when you go on a public transport, you, you have Mikey and then you tap, yeah. you know, you, you put it in the reader. And what if like multiple people should <laughs> put their Mikey at the same time? And then like, whether that, you know, that the, the reader can, uh, it's able to, you know, figure out which card is which and how much like they need to deduct. So that was kind of like the, the little project that I did. Um, and I learned a lot, or it was, it was quite challenging, but I learned a lot, you know, um, kind of like, you know, how do you do you know, communications and our signal processing and how do you know, divide, um, kind of separate the, the, the signals from a uh, blob of like, you know, um, signals from multiple cards um, and then and a whole lot of things and how to make it work a fast um, in a practical sense, like how do I uh, make sure that, you know, it could read fast enough and it could also do the processing fast enough so that, you know, um, the, the reading of the, the RFID tags are in real time and all that's kind of like, you know, make you think a lot more than you just like theoretically just do some maths and try to separate the signals. So this is like a, a quite interesting thing. And at the time, I think um, also that my, prof uh, no, my, what do, you, what do they call it? Um, supervisor. My supervisor was like a really um, good kind of like a, a communication professor professor like professor kind of like you know teaching um signal communications and all that and he has all this kind of like experience and and be able to kind of like guide me through um and also it had he literally because like, i when i first got into this subject like why do we want to do this like what was the use case and then he would be able to kind of articulate like why do we want to do this and what's like real world use cases and when he mentioned about that the mikey um reading scenarios of like Oh yeah, there's lots of like you know, uh, it's important. This this yeah. project is important. I'd better get it working so that you know no one gets kind of like um uh, charged when they go on a bus like um unfairly. So yeah, so that's like kind of like a a good uh real world um kind of like sim. Well, it's a yeah, it's, it's just like a project that it can be applied to the real world. So yeah, yeah. I found it super interesting. I, sorry, even as you explained that, I'm like, RFIDs, oh my god, my phone, how does it figure out which card I'm trying to tap down when I've put down, like, my phone, it could be, like, 18 different cards on it. Exactly, yeah. And I'm, like, literally listening to this, I'm like, this is so useful. My statistical consulting project was about cows, like, I'm like, will I ever need that? I don't know, but this sounds a lot more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, like, I was lucky enough to actually be on, like, you know, the project that's, like, it's quite interesting, and it's, like, yeah. it's, I can, I can, I can relate to it a lot because I use that every day to go on a bus. Exactly. Um, so talk to me about what was the thinking. So were you planning to become, and this kind of goes back to, I think I mentioned this, where I'm like, I don't know what engineers actually do in real life in terms of work. Like, 
what was the thing like how does like what were the plans then for graduating it was like do you wanted to do more consult or consulting did you want to do more um masters and research and stuff or what yeah what was kind of the job hunting prospect i think yeah yeah so funny enough i'm doing the um you know my undergrad and then what for engineering we need to do uh industrial projects for like 60 days or something to be able to graduate. So what it means is that you need to find an internship or uh, or a research institute that you need to, you know, either work there for 60 days or you need to have like some kind of a research um, outcome for 60 days um, to be able to graduate from, you know, from the electrical engineering degree. And um, for me, I was like pretty lucky to be introduced to a, a smaller company um, uh, sorry, a small company in Brisbane is a mining technology company because, um, you know, in Queensland, it's not a right. It's, mining industry is huge there. But yeah. the, the company that I worked for to get, to get my internship credits was a um, small mining technology company. So they don't, it's not a mining company, but they produce kind of a technology like monitoring system or kind of any optimization um, system for the mining machine. Um, and they sell those systems to the um, to the the mining company. So I was lucky enough to introduce um, into this company to as like a uh, an intern um, and it kind of like product uh, to be like a product engineer. And it was all kind of like by chance. And kind of like at at the time, because like as a as an international student, I was like worried that I would be able to get a job and I want to stay in Australia. And you know all those kind of like you know worried about you know your career your job hunting and all of that but then that was a good start at least i don't really like compared to my other international um student friends i was at least a step forward yeah. um and yeah so i i stay there and pretty much what i did is like kind of like develop some um pretty basic algorithm to filter out some of the signals collected um from the, the system and because the system was like you know installed on a big mining machine and then Pretty much like the, the system would just collect all the signals like voltage and uh, current and um where uh, the gps position of the machine and how the machine swings and um, move and all that so pretty much what i did was kind of like come up with some basic algorithms um and to build out the signals and then to code it into the system um so i was you know writing c plus plus and then c and it's all the you know the uh all the basic kind of like um uh, programming language and at that time i realized okay so i did electrical engineering for a reason and all of those i can i would be able to apply what i learned from uni um to the real world to the actual system that will go alive or will be in production on somewhere in central queensland on a you know a machine in central queensland yeah. it would have something that I wrote so I was like oh this is great um yeah so that was like kind of an internship and then um it seems to be working pretty well for me and for company and then they kind of like decided to extend um kind of like uh my contract and they asked me whether I would like you know stay for, as like full-time um, employee was like yeah sure fine <laughs> um that's great um and and then at the time also the company participants in a kind of they call it Australia research oh i can't remember it's a mining research institute um yeah. and they also want to you know develop um kind of like you know do research um and work with the institutes get some funding and so that hopefully you know we could do some industry research and then produce some outcomes that can be um 
introduced into the, the system. So um, yeah, again, I was like lucky enough to be able to participate in the, such like industrial research um, project. Um, and I also have a, a UQ professor that will be able to guide me. So how it works essentially is that I have a, a UQ professor um, kind of as my kind of academic supervisor. And then my company is I think the CEO as my industry um, partner supervisor. And then and me as the researcher, so uh, the three parties like combined together to participate in this research project funded by, um, I think it's the Australian uh, Coal Association Research Project. Um, I think, yeah, so, and the acronyms are ACOP. So I was like lucky enough to participate in the research project um, as kind of a part of my um, uh, kind of uh, uh, employment with the, the mining um, technology company. And also at the time, my academic supervisor also think that that would be a good um, project for a, a master in philosophy degree, essentially it's a master research degree. So there's a lot of things happening um, yeah. together to combine so that I, um, in summary is that I was able to kind of like uh, work as a full-time um, product engineer in this mining technology company. And meanwhile, doing a master in philosophy, master, master of philosophy in engineering degrees. <laughs> it's a lot of Jeez, words. Yeah, and a lot of words there. <laughs> a lot of words there. So uh, they, they, they call it MPhil, essentially it's a, yeah. a master um, in research degrees. Nothing to do with philosophy. Um, it's all engineering, don't get it confused, but it's all about, you know, master in research. So yeah, so that was me after my undergrad, I was able to do a master in um, research master degree while working full time. So that was like pretty good. And also um, I got like uh, scholarships and the, the project was funded by the um, by ACOP. So it's like, great. <laughs> it sounds like the best of all worlds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like the best of like everything i got a degree i got a, a full-time job and my degree got funded <laughs> it was great <laughs> this is literally sounds absolutely great like everything really did line up in and especially i think it's such a kind of not enough people think about the fact that like yes oh my god you've made such an effort to come out and like do an international degree but like the stress of having to find a job after it's just immense like as in when things like this work oh, out yeah. it's real big relief i think from the context of everything <laughs> yeah it, it was like a huge relief because i think looking for a job it's like a few ways right for people international students to stay in australia either you get a full-time job like and then go sponsored um by the companies or you stay and do a master's um to kind of like, you know prolong your stay well that's part of it yeah <laughs> part of it, of course you're gonna you know learn some knowledge from university from the degrees um and yeah and then so that you could you know, hopefully you could increase your chance to kind of like stay or like look um find Get a job, job that you yeah. like to do um but yeah and i got and you know if you're lucky enough you got the funded um to do your master or like a phd for example um but yeah i was lucky enough to actually get all those three together at one go <laughs> Um, yeah, so that was great. That was great. Um, this is actually again, great. So, you know what? This is like yeah. explaining to me what an engineer would actually do in a real life job. So this is great. Thank yeah. you. Like, really appreciated that. <laughs> no worries. Um, and I guess the the perk of that job also is that because of the mining um, industry. So even though I'm just like coding some algorithms onto a into a system that will be deployed on the mine on the on the machine, um, but also get to actually go on a mine site and go on those like big um heavy mining machine um 
to kind of like, you know, to understand how it works so that I could create better algorithm. That's the, that's the context of it. And I, yeah, I did go to a central Queensland mine site, uh, mine site and went on those like big mining machine called drag line. So they kind of like rotate 360 degrees and try to um, dig, get rid of the dirt above the cold layer and then to the big cold layer. But anyway, um, the perk is that, yeah, I went to a mine site, went on those machines, even though it made me feel dizzy, but at least I, I could say that I, I went on it <laughs> and I also went underground um, mine sites as well. So that was like a unique experience. That was probably the only time I would do that in my life. But I got that's so, so fun. I love how like it went from I really want to be able to travel for like foreign <laughs> correspondent. Still got to do that, just a very different <laughs> context of it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love it. So talk to me about how um that job went and kind of when you kind of knew it was time to wrap up, like how was that whole experience? Yeah, yeah. So I I I like um you know, I like what I did in the job because it was more or less like what I would like to do um, in terms of, you know, um, doing some creating algorithm, optimize, um, you know, the machine's operations and also get to, um, you know, deal with data. That's probably the introduction for me to go into machine learning, but not quite just yet. It's just like, you know, deal with data and all that. Um, and yeah, and I got to, you know, went on a conference uh, in Alaska and got lots of like, do. I had a lot of like different unique experience through the job, um, but and also to a point that um, I was always the only female in in a room, whether it's on the mine site or in the office, or you know doing like technical work, and that helped me to learn that um, what it feels like to be you know just the odds like standing out from everyone else and to be the unique person in the room. Um, and I, I enjoyed all of that. Um, and then to a point, however, it's the, the main thing about the job is because of the industry. I just like, I really don't um, like the, how mining is so not like um, environmental friendly. It's just not sustainable. And yeah, it's just like, that's not where I want to be. Um, and it also feels like, especially from a technology point of view, um, even though like, you know the company I work for, they were like, right, they're doing like great products, but still feel like it's a little bit behind. Um, it's like, you know, traditional, it's a bit too traditional or like con conventional, or con yeah. And just, just feel like a little bit, you know, not super forward thinking <laughs> in yeah. a way from, you know, from an environmental environment environmental point of view as well as a technology point of view so I was like I need to do something else <laughs> in my life and so yeah and then I decided to I want to do a little more towards like the software side of things because I've been you know programming developing algorithms and I've been dealing a lot of like um, data side um, data stuff like signals and data and I enjoy that and I would like to you know be able to use um, things that I learned or like from uni and stuff to kind of like, you know, get inside or like to kind of develop some kind of like, you know, smart data or like data intelligence. Um, and pretty much, and also I wanted to probably do a little bit more on the software side um, instead of like going to mine side all the time. Um, so funny enough is that I, I always know that I wanted to leave, but I don't know where to go. And especially at the time, my kind of like programming skills probably not that great so um and out of like the coincidence i went to this event um it is called a startup catalyst event 
Um, so it is not the so startup catalyst. It is a program that I think um, they um, kind of encourage. Well, not not really encourage. It's kind of like um, have a program for like university students or probably like people in their early career to join, and so that they will, especially in the technology um, field, and they will be able to kind of like you know organize a trip to Silicon Valley and to kind of like um, explore. Um, I see, see the tech scene um, in Silicon Valley and visit all this like big tech company and to understand uh, what, what, it, what it's like to be an entrepreneur and how you could, you know, um, if you want to, you know, start your own startup, how you could be one. Um, and so they have like, this program to teach like, entrepreneurship and, um, and you know, building, uh, starting your own startup and all this, um, especially in tech. And I was not um, part of the program. But my partner was, <laughs> so I tag along to this kind of like startup catalyst event. Um, and at the time, this like a founder of a startup was actually giving a talk and also trying to recruit recruit people from this event. And then I just stumbled upon to this um, founder, and I just had a chat with her. And then she's like, "Seems to be great. You had the interest, some background. You want to send me your resume?" It's like, "Yeah." I was I was sending you my resume, and uh, yeah, and then I sent her my resume, um, and yeah, and I got a job interview, and everything just like went through pretty quickly, and I got a job in this startup, which is a image search engine for trademark and patent. So and yeah, so it was just like out of like nowhere, I was like yeah, I, mm, I'm ready to jump, yeah. Um, and yeah, and I just like went to join this startup at a time. Um, to be uh, just a software developer. That um, is so funny. Do you know what the funniest thing is? Yeah. Literally, this is probably the third podcast that someone's talked about the startup, like the um, Silicon Valley trip thing. Right. Like literally, two yeah. other people have actually done it. And like uh, Emily Casey, I think that was the last episode we released. Um, she literally she did that too, and I was like, oh my god, Emily, I swear someone else has been on the podcast talking about this before, and I'm like, what are the chances that there's another person talking about the same? Pro- it's so like, and this kind of goes back to how small the tech industry really is. Like, you'll find yeah. the exact same experiences very quickly. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, but the thing that leads to is like the connections are very easy in that context of like just go out there and I'm sure you'll be able to find like someone out there ready to chat to you about something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It literally just like go out there and just like be ready to, you know, seize the opportunity because like they won't find you. You're going to find them. And yeah, just, exactly. yeah that's, that's the thing. Cause like, yeah, cause I just go out there and present yourself and just chat to people and you'll never know like what kind of like, amazing opportunity that you would get. And I, I love I love that job. That was like probably the best job I've ever had. I learned so much. It was a smaller team, um, and but we were we got along so well together, and we tackled like crazy interesting problem. Um, and because like at, at that job, I literally learned everything that set up the foundation of my career to date. Like full stack web development, and then back end and front end, and then also get to you know because um, it's an image search engine. Um, you know product so they also kind of like hire post um postdoc like computer vision um researchers and so like all these like very smart people to join this startup and i got to you know learn from each one of them so i get to do you know as i say like full stack back end front end and then um computer vision that is like the kind of like the, the starting point of me going into like machine learning and deep learning because i learned so much from this like post um computer vision postdoc researchers 
and he was great. Um, and also because it's a smaller team, I also get to learn a lot of like, you know, different things in terms of like, running a startup, like marketing yeah. and sales and all that. So that was like, that was amazing. That was like an amazing experience. Like I just, you know, learn everything I need <laughs> for my career later on. So that was like, that was great. Um, cause yeah, I, I guess at, at that point I also was a bit new to the, to the modern software development and the tech scene. So I was like, like a sponge. I was ready to absorb and, you know, absorb every, everything that everyone, um, was, anyone was like ready to teach me. So that was great. Yeah. Yeah. It's so like I remember I, I'm a big fan and proponent for recommending working at smaller places and it's because oh, yeah. of that like I think it makes such a difference like I mean don't get me wrong the big like the Googles and the Microsofts of the world are great like they there's a lot to be learned there but it's so hard to find the people to learn from whereas when you're in like a 50 yes. odd people place you're like well hi I'm here everyone knows me what do I want to know yeah. and I say that because the amount of like software dev things I I have never in my life done software development like the, all of my tech tech like data science stuff that I learned was like learned on the job everything I learned on the job yeah. and the amount of like shit like software dev stuff that kind of comes up and I know just because I'm surrounded by software developers and they would talk about it I would just be like okay yeah. I kind of understand that because they've talked about it so much like authentication yes. like someone at work did a present and I was like right okay I kind of get what that means I see how that works like yes. it's so funny because I still have like a lot of software dev friends and they will talk yes. things and I'm like yeah I can follow this conversation along now even though I've never in my life had anything to do with this <laughs> yeah I, that, that, that's quite um interesting because like it just reminds me of like how you learn a new language just like human language yes how you, learn it. you just go into the country and then listen to how other people talk and you know talk to each other and then you pick it up and same like in the texting you learn the programming language but you know in a tech language you just like be so you are surrounded by those people they're smart and they should like talk about these things and you just like you just pick pick things up yeah 100 percent. Um, exactly oh it's like just yeah. go find a room which is like full yeah. of people that are smarter than you and yeah. you'll be fine <laughs> yeah 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 exactly so that's like that's kind of like my kind of like um, principle in terms of like how I drive my career just like be surrounded by people that's way smarter than you you will yeah. feel a big imposter syndrome you just you just have to cope with it <laughs> yeah because you will be great you will be like you know much better off um to be surrounded by people than you are the, the best in the room um yeah 100 percent. so yeah that's another thing I always wanted to be surrounded by um smart people oh I, i'm happy to be like dumbest in the room 100 <laughs> percent. like it's enjoyable then it's like well i can ask a stupid question because i am the dumbest person here this is yeah. great <laughs> yeah yeah i have like nothing to lose so, yeah. exactly i'm like well i am who i am it'll deal with it <laughs> yeah embrace it <laughs> Um, so you're thriving at the image recognition stuff now you're like starting to learn a lot more of the machine learning what's happening next is this a case of like well machine learning is where I want to be like is that where we're stepping away from software dev um, yeah so like I just at a point I've realized oh my god this is amazing and then you know you train a neural network like deep learning neural network with some previous image and then you it will be able to predict like you know simple examples of where's the cat or a dog but more than that it's able to you know segment the image and recognize the object on the image it was like it was fascinating it was just like it was like magic and then at that point I was like this really you know um is something that I'm really passionate about um so I kind of like steer myself towards from just like a web dev towards more and more like the um the machine learning and the deep learning side of things but at the time, I also realized that because um, it was a small startup, we need to get things out into production quickly. It's um, 
including you know deep learning models and stuff and i realized that um i don't really just want to do you know building a model and all that i want to see it working especially you know in our search engines um at the time this image search engine or anywhere that's actually um in production live and i could see it working i i, I get I, I like that feeling to see things working into production that just i don't know that just gives me it, yeah it just it's just something like, i did that yeah yeah exactly. like, i did that yeah and it's working it's working everyone everyone else knows that it's working and i did that and it gives me the kicks um so i want to be in the field and you know doing the machine learning stuff but also i wanted to make sure that those work would get into production and you know um it's working so everyone um anyone everyone else can you know use it or like use it we were able to be able to benefit from it so that's like a key point for me what i learned is that um need to get things into need to get the cool things out into production so everyone else can you know benefit from it um and yeah so that's like kind of like you know um my my thinking at the time um but then um i was still in brisbane um and so after a little while I, that was kind of like more less so of the career side but more like a personal side that um my partner and i decided to um explore a new city because uh, brisbane's relatively um, small compared to other big cities um in in australia and then we decided oh we should you know take more adventure um for our life especially when we were still young um and then we decided to move down to melbourne um just because of the weather and also because of the sports that my partner likes is afl um anyway so we moved down to melbourne and i also kind of you know i got a job <laughs> um and i joined an other startup um which does kind of a speech analytics um engine the develop speech analytics engine so i was like great because i've done image i've done you know computer vision and then i kind of like oh maybe i should move on to something different um for example like speech or audio or also like text and like yeah. natural language so that's like another area that i haven't really explored um but i also has pas uh, passion to it um yeah so i just like on another startup um and <laughs> that that was an interesting experience because i think um the product was written in haskell which is like a quite a, a yeah it is a really niche language it's a a functional um, programming language, which is different from the other, um, you know, object-oriented um, uh, programming language. Um, and so, from a language programming language point of view, it was like that was like a whole new level of like programming. <laughs> and I wasn't like a great, well, I wasn't a great programmer. And this thing is like a new language and it's a new paradigm to learn this language. It's because it's functional programming, and also. Um, in a kind of like a machine learning, a deep learning space. It was just like, it's all this kind of like different pieces that don't seem like they would go well together, but somehow it exists in this startup. And I was just like, this is like a, another kind of like experience I got to learn with like, you know, um, from again, a bunch of like really smart people. They're really good at Haskell and also doing um, functional programming for a while. Um, and they were just like super smart. And I, I learned so much about um, functional programming as well as Haskell as a language. And also more importantly, it's conceptually like the paradigm of how you know um, functional programming works. And it changed the way of you, of me thinking about programming. Um, the, the key thing about this is that it kind of like, it 
can kind of like program in a way that's very elegant and precise and succinct. So in you know other language like Python, I have to write, I don't know, like 20 lines of code to do a certain things, but in Haskell or like functional programming, it probably can be reduced to like three to five lines. It's just really succinct, really precise, and it's beautiful. And it changed the way of me thinking about, you know, programming. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, but the, the, the hard thing is that, cause like, as I said before, that I want to get, you know, cool things into production that I can be benefit from other people. And Haskell is not quite that, cause it was like, it, it was quite tricky to actually, you know, um, get things into production in that language in my opinion at least like again i'm i was just like a newbie for that for that language um well yeah that was an interesting experience um and see how you know in terms of like learning a new language and the new kind of like a paradigm and also do uh, explore the new space in machine learning which is um like language processing and also like audio processing um and this you know different kind of a challenge compared to you know computer vision um, but yeah, I just got to explore that um, and kind of like gain a whole new set of skills as well as experience. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it very much um, in terms of like the experience. And also I, I moved down to Melbourne as a new city um, as well. And now that I'm, I think about it, I always have this like new things all happen at one go in my life. It's, um, <laughs> it's interesting. I like that. Um, I like I love how it's like, realizing something new about yourself because you're talking about yeah. it and you're like oh wait am i oh, wait. Yeah. what am i doing <laughs> <laughs> i always just find new things in different you know areas and we'll combine yeah. together to form everything new and one go i like yeah. it i'm like me and yeah. Maddie, so i'm like i'll try things new like i'm great i'm like i'll enjoy that but at least you take it one at a time like you're just going straight into it with like a hundred things at the same time interesting move and i feel like yeah. you might be the first person i've heard say they moved from Brisbane to Melbourne for the weather instead of the other way around, yeah. which is the yeah. funniest thing, I think. <laughs> yep, yep, 100%. Because when I was in um, when I was in Brisbane, I kind of I talked to many people that from Melbourne, like, oh, this weather's cool, Melbourne's weather sucks. And then when I came to Melbourne, when I talked to people, it was like, oh, I want to move to Queensland because the, the weather here sucks. I was like, mm, I moved down for the weather. <laughs> it's yeah literally like the other way around but i mean the other end of it is like i don't think i could survive in the humidity that like brisbane gets and it gets too, a bit yeah. too hot for me i think i'm like it, you it, know it, like melbourne sucks at times but you know what it's okay i'm okay with it yeah yeah it's because it's like up there it's, it's humid and hot it's like an oven and it's like not escapable at least in melbourne if it's like super hot but if you go under the tree in the shade it, you are fine it gets better. yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah. I love it! And like, did the footy play out? Like, did you get to go to a lot more footy matches? Yes, <laughs> Surely. Yes. And technically, I am a, a, a mem. I'm a member. I'm an NFL member. Technically, because I paid a membership. Even though in the last like few years, like we couldn't go because COVID. But yeah, I, I was still the member. <laughs> so I can say <laughs> that I, I I am a fan of AFL, even though I don't know where. Wait, what team is it now? But, um I, so i i did get to choose well of course I yep. do, but I, I chose a team which is a um melbourne melbourne demon when i first came down um because my my old boss asked that you can go to melbourne you can leave the company you can go to melbourne but on a condition that you need to be a melbourne supporter i was like 
fine deal <laughs> um but now now i kind of i just i follow my partner because he is a Geelong, Geelong oh partner. you're a Geelong so person i support Geelong. we're a richmond family <laughs> we were at the match last night which is oh. what i'm asking it's funny <laughs> but yeah like i think anyone listening in like i mean if you're thinking about moving to melbourne it is very important that you have your footy team sorted before you move to melbourne like i mean you gotta research the stuff like gotta figure this out gotta find your teams <laughs> Yep, that's how you're gonna fit into Melbourne. Exactly, it's <laughs> number have one a criteria. <laughs> so you've, oh, so you've already. Oh my god, you've done so much already that I'm just like trying to keep up now. So we've done computer vision, we've done speech recognition, we've done all these different things. Um, what was next? Yeah. So and now I just realized I've been in the startup product for a little while, and maybe. I would try something new, which is consultant. I've yeah. never done that. <laughs> so yeah, so and then I joined a um a small a boutique consultant, that's the word, a boutique consultancy um in in Melbourne. Um and you know, where I interviewed you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> By coincidence. Um and yeah, so I was just I joined that and it was definitely a interesting, again, a new experience for me because like, you know, back in, in the product space, you kind of like, you know, you're going to see how you build things, how you develop things and how, you know, what technology you use, what's kind of like cool things that you do from a technology point of view. And when I moved to consultant, I slowly realized that technology and, you know, the, the tech stack is part of it, but it's not all of it. And it's like, it's almost like in my brain, there's like half of it, like technology, technical, um, capability and then the other half I realized I haven't really developed properly until I went into consultants which is more towards kind of a business side like how what you do um or kind of like what business value what value you created um to you know to your clients by doing a certain things and it's not about whether it's a cool tech that you should do and because it is cool so that we do it it's not like that really yeah. it is more like what kind of like you know value you produce and um how you know what you how the thing that you build can you know um develop oh my sorry deliver you know um benefit or value um to a business problem so it's more like solution oriented um rather well it's more like um change it from like a solution oriented to like problem oriented to more than yeah. like whether you're like you know having a solution and looking for problems um to you know you have a problem you find a solution um to you know to solve the problem so it is a bit more on the problem solving um in a high level um problem solving kind of like experience and i or problem solving kind of like skills um that i would like to develop not just a technical problem solving or debugging when you you know when your program doesn't work um but it's more like i have this kind of like business problem um how i could kind of like you know um, develop a solution to solve it and also like a journey from kind of like you know I have this problem and it's vaguely it's at very high level a very kind of like um, chaotic and not refined to how you could like break it down into step by step how to make it more and more um, defined um, so that you could actually you know take actions and to um, provide a solution step by step um, so it's that kind of like the whole um, defining a problem and also like um, kind of like uh, develop a plan to solve a certain problem step by step and break the uh, uh, colossal things into like smaller chunks so that you could you know conquer uh, divide and conquer and so it's like in, in a more like a business context so that is something that I, I learned um, from the, my 
you know, the, uh, my role in consultant, and I found it tremendously useful and valuable. And again, it changed like the way of how I think, um, like how I, you know, um, changed the way that I was thinking from a different language, programming language. Um, similarly, I guess it's changed the way that I think in terms of like what I'm doing in the tech field. Like what what am I doing here with the the knowledge that I have? from a technical point of view. Um, and yeah, so that was an interesting experience. And I also, um, another thing is that also kind of like, you know, you communicate with the clients so that it helped me to see how I could, you know, build up my communication skills. I know it's soft skills and in tech probably often it's overlooked, especially when you are like, you know, highly technical and but like the communication skills and you know, um, how you kind of like convey your ideas, your solutions, and also like, you know, your outcomes to clients. That was like super useful. Um, it definitely, you know, I, I'm really glad that I kind of like switched to consultants at that point. Um, so that that's something that I would rather learn earlier than later <laughs> um, yeah. in my career. Um, and and yeah, and also I think um, in um, in the consultancy, I got to, again, I got to you know um, meet lots of like great people, and especially in the kind of like the community um, side of things. So. Um, previously, because like small startups, everyone is just kind of like, you know, highly just like build things and then ship things. Well, in consultancy, kind of like, it's a different um, kind of a culture, a little bit different culture and vibe. Um, people are more towards like, you know, community works, for example, like, you know, I can't change yourself, like having podcasts and also like you have like women who code, that's, that's yeah. the, you know, the, the group that you run. And then, and also um, in the consultancy that I worked for, um, I, uh, the, one of my colleagues was kind of like the uh, host of the um, women in MLDS uh, Melbourne chapter. Um, and yes, and then I was like lucky like enough to um, get invited to be a panelist in one of the, the panel discussion. I think it's in the data science um, week in Melbourne or something like that. I got to do to be a panelist um, first time in my life. Um, and that kind of like helped me to kind of like make a big jump to a bit more like a public speaking um, room and yeah after that I feel like yeah I could do more of this and I, and I, meanwhile I also want to develop you know keep developing my technical skills like what would be the best <laughs> to do both as like maybe tech conference so I decided that okay I'm going to um, speak in tech conferences from from that moment on <laughs> so I start kind of like um looking for, you know, um, tech conferences that I can speak and I, um, and of course, and at the, at the point that um, kind of like, you know, machine learning and also quite popular um, topics and also like machine learning itself and also kind of like machine learning operations. So, um, yeah, so I kind of like, um, I decided to do more conference, uh, tech conference speaking and um, I just look for the conferences that's kind of like uh, suitable for me and it's especially for my level because like it's a beginner level and I, I found um, a few of these kind of like very community-driven, uh, community-friendly um, um, tech conference in Melbourne as well as around Australia, and I love them. And I, yeah, I did, I did quite a few kind of like um, uh, conference speakings during my time in in the consultancy. Um, I, I really enjoyed it, and I feel like it's part of the community and part of part of like the the knowledge sharing um, to a wider community, especially you know. Me as an immigrant, as a, a female in the tech um, industry, it just it's it's good to kind of to feel like you're part of something and you could you know contribute to it and also you know help others in a similar um, area to you know further advance in their 
career. So I've just like, I felt great about doing that. And I really enjoyed it. I think it is very true. And do you know what I mean? I never realized how associated consultings are to that community aspect. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. Yeah. A lot of it is obviously the marketing and like, hey, we do things outside of this and we're really supportive. But I, mean, I, I get a part of it, but like 95% of the reason that I wanted to come and work at Eliza when I was looking around jobs a couple of years, like a year ago or whatever, was because of Fiona running the chapter and I'd met so many of the Eliza people in the community and I was just like, no, this is where I want to be because this is where all the cool people in AI are. Yeah. Like I said, these are the people I want to work with. And it just, it goes such a long way for those kind of things. And it really, I mean, yes, okay, they're doing that whole thing of getting into the community for the blah, blah, blahs. But the other aspect that you just mentioned that no one actually really thinks about is that communication where like, even if it's the networking thing of like, you're standing around like 50 people and you have to chat to them. It helps out with like a hundred other things, whether you're talking to clients or in the future trying to explain your startup idea to other people like that communication skill is unparalleled I think in terms of like if you're kind of like hey I'm not that great at it honestly go work in a consulting for a year you will be great by the end of it like there's no way you don't get those skills <laughs> yeah yeah exactly because like you, you have to be you know good at it you, you're like trained so like you, you're gonna learn on a job exactly and I guess, um, yeah and also like the other thing about like you know kind of like public speaking and be like community uh, participant in community event is that you kind of like you still can be quite kind of authentic to the topics or like to the things that you talk about and like, you know, it is your knowledge and like you share it. It can be quite like authentic in a way that's um, less of, well, it is a, you know, two sides of it. Some probably, you know, there's like a promotion element to us, to it. Um, but then also a big part of it is really about like <coughs> sharing and um, kind of like, and also kind of like, you know, help you to understand what you have learned and what, your knowledge is it is a good way to kind of like flesh out your thinking and flesh out um you know your knowledge as well because like feels like you know this kind of things but when you actually go out and speak to like 100 people uh, in front of 100 people you 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 want to make sure that you know every single thing and also um it's good way to also like to practice um how you kind of like uh react and respond to certain questions especially like, you know um when you go on a client side like the client will ask you questions um and for public speaking is that because like, at the end of like your talk you would get asked questions um and i found it quite interesting um and i enjoyed it very much is that before i go on a talk i would kind of like prepare um the questions of prepare some answers for those questions and i think that also helped me to kind of flesh out my talk a lot better yeah um, in terms of like you know to like the details and like you know the direction i want to go and you know what kind of like things that people can learn so yeah it is like it's a it's a good exercise to go through the whole thing and definitely would boost my um confidence in terms of like speaking in front of people and the way that i speak um and you know the the logic you know the kind of like the logical orders and like kind of like the way um sorry the style that you speak as well like how do you speak a bit more precisely succinctly even though i'm still learning <laughs> trying to to be better um but yeah it definitely helped and i really enjoyed it <laughs> i think i say this all the time I, de I i do presentations on things i've never looked at before mostly just as like an excuse to like actually learn the things that i kind of yes. keep saying i look at at some stage like it's like yeah. I'm such a procrastinator and I know it so I'm like I'll submit a talk I'm like some random thing like I think I did one recently where it was like cognitive search I was like I don't know anything about this but I'm gonna do a talk yeah. in a month's time so I have to figure it out because like yeah. there's no other time way I'm gonna be like 
yes, let me spend a Sunday afternoon reading about cognitive search. I'm like, no, I won't. I know I won't do it. Yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. It's almost like you set a deadline for yourself to learn a certain things, and exactly. you might as well get to you know tell everyone else that you, exactly. you, you learn this thing. Exactly. Yes. That, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. Same, same. That's like totally. That's like my mentality in terms of you know public. I am talking in the conference. 100%. It works so well. I think it's such a good handy way really to do it. Well. Like so, whenever people yeah. are like, how do you keep up with all the things in tech? I'm like, I force myself to do presentations, so I have yeah. to read about yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, if you don't do that, and you just like. If you don't do that, you you would just like you wouldn't actually you know go and look at it and try to do investigation because you don't have a goal like you don't have a a goal to kind of like you know that's where um I want to go. But if you you know you submit a talk and you have to do it and you have to do it by a certain date, then you would just do it. So that's yeah, a good exactly. way to motivate. It's a good way to motivate myself at least. <laughs> so you're in the consulting world and it's you're developing all these other things on the side getting into the community which I love anything about I'm like yes this is great more people in the community please <laughs> yeah. um so how did that all wrap up so because I because we know you've you're now working at Canva which is absolutely fantastic and I feel like this is actually the second person I've had on that's worked at Canva uh, at some stage oh, right. so that's really funny that that's worked out but go on tell me all about how that happened <laughs> yeah so um so I think I you know I did my um consultant um consultant work and you know be involved in a community um and kind of you know practice my you know, communication skills and also did like public speaking in tech conferences um and i also i feel like um it's a point for me to again try something new every time i switch um jobs it's all about trying something new um and what i realized at the point that i haven't done in my career is to work in a big a large scale um fast paced modern tech company that's yeah. what i want to do because um I, I i was always like you know you know small company or like startups or consultants not really like a a big tech company um and so yeah that's like that is something that i really wanted to try at least i is it like on my career bucket list that i need to take it off yeah. and where else would you go for that in australia And yeah, and also I guess the other elements like because I'm from Eliza, we had a pretty good culture in terms of diversity and inclusion, and um, so I have that you know at the back of my mind that I need also need the the company to have a good culture for me to work uh, to work in, especially to align with like you know my value, um, and also like align with like the the culture that I own. more or less like inherited from Eliza. Um, so it's like diversity and inclusion and all that. So yeah, and Canva seems to be a pretty good fit for, for that profile, um, And if I can. So um, yeah, and I got like opportunity to, you know, try and see whether, you know, give it a go. Um, and yeah, I think that is the main thing really for me is that um, I really want to work in a, a large scale tech company and see how I could again apply machine learning um, at a large scale because that is something that I haven't done. Um, I have yeah. done kind of like, you know, a bit more niche and like a bit more in depth in terms of uh, advanced machine learning technology, but rather instead of like, you know, going to depth, like the breadth is something that I haven't really experienced and that's something that I really wanted to try um, and see what it would look like because I would imagine that would be like different from what I have done even though it's a similar field probably similar you know technologies methodologies but it is just the um the user perspective the user side of things like how it can be used uh, how it can be you know scale so that is something um yeah I haven't tried and 
here I am. <laughs> um, still, you know, experiencing that. And yeah, um, so far, I'm really enjoying it. Um, oh, it's just so different, cool. different, it's a different scene. Um, but yeah. Oh, I'm so excited about this. Like, I think it's such an interesting way of, and I kind of was like, as we were chatting, I was thinking about this. I was like, if people are listening, they're like, um, Shin's been in technology her whole career. How is this an untraditional path? And I'm like, honestly, for me, it was more the fact that you did electrical engineering, which I think is just such a different thing. Because like, I compare it to like my dad and stuff. I'm like, what? Like, this is so non-technical sometimes. But <laughs> it's the fact that it wasn't it didn't start from tech like you've kind of learned everything you've done in terms of like the proper like the c++ and all these other like the haskells and um machine learning in the first place like it's all kind of just been learned on the job as you've kind of gone and i think that is a skill in and of itself and it is a different pathway to take of like i'll meander my way into this world by just slowly picking it up and just keep going by finding other jobs that are in it like i think it's such a good way of like getting into technology which is still untraditional i think anyway (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess in terms of like the um the path, like whether it's traditional or not, I wouldn't say it's traditional. I guess for me, it's more like um I always like navigate myself um on on the job and also like in different industry and different kind of like uh, uh setup, like whether it's like startup or like consultant um or like a bigger company um and yeah and try different things. Yes, like overall it is in tech more yeah. or less. <laughs> um. But kind of like, you know, there's like a lot of different, you know, pockets of different ways exactly. that you can navigate in tech, I guess. Yeah. And I think it's important. And like, I think it's a good example to set and something to listen to in terms of like, no, I wanted to try something new because I've, I've, I've done this. I'm okay with it. And it doesn't, maybe it doesn't align with my values or maybe I'm looking for something yeah. bigger or whichever it is, like identifying those takes time for people usually, which I mean, yes, of course, like you weren't leaving any of these jobs in two months anyway. And it took yeah. time. You got settled in and you appreciate it. I think, do you know what really stood out was um, when you were working with Haskell at the speech recognition stuff. Um, yeah. And you're like, this is so different. Like, is this just, this doesn't make sense. Like, why does, why are you using this? Like, I don't understand. And like the amount of people that would have just been like, I don't agree with this and I'm going to leave. But you stuck it out and you're like, no, I actually found a different perspective and appreciation for code. And I'm like, not a lot of people say that. That is it's a very <laughs> interesting thing. I think it's a good one to hear, I think, specifically for this. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I, I guess um, for me, it's just like, um, my me finding my way is kind of like try different things not really not necessarily like big different things but it's just like kind of like different things in a way that will change uh the way that i'm thinking or the change the way that i think i think that is like the, the different things in my definition i guess and also in my career i suppose i absolutely love it um and i hope now that things are starting to open up that you get to do a bit more traveling to fill that whole foreign correspondent bits as well yeah. hopefully we can fill those kind of needs into the career at some stage as yeah well. it could be like i could just like you know go out and travel like work during the day and then go out and do a my exactly and oh, i love it <laughs> yeah, i keep a side blog going yes 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 i'm i'm seriously thinking about it yeah, there yeah, we go yeah. this is the new challenge in the next year and maybe we'll see where it goes <laughs> yes exactly exactly uh, i love it <laughs> and i think that's a great way to wrap it all up for today um thank you so much for your time Shin. i really do appreciate you jumping in and talking us all through everything that you've kind of gone through and hopefully in the next year maybe hearing about how you just career pivoted again into maybe <laughs> journalism <laughs> 
definitely. Thank you so much. I can't share to have me. And um, I had a lot of fun. I appreciate that. Oh, I'm glad. That is like the best thing people and people are like, no, that was actually <laughs> fun. I'm like, I got to think back. Like, yes, I had a great time and I'm glad that you did too. <laughs> so look, we'll leave it there. Um, I'll put Shin's links and everywhere in the places. I'm sure she'll be happy for you to reach out, especially if you're looking to get into the community and stuff. Shin sounds like a fabulous person to help get your technical um, presos on the way. So I'll wrap it up here. We'll be back again in two weeks time with another episode. Until then, keep safe, everyone. Uh, Thank you for listening. If you've stuck it around this long, maybe look at the um, supporting the podcast page. It does take time to run this page. So help out if you can. And we'll see you soon.